Welcome to another episode of My Not Matters here on the Dakotan and brought to you by Shock Safe and Lock. Do want to say thank you to all the viewers out there watching. Be sure to like, subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook on mydakotan.com, subscribe to our email list, be a part of the community that we have growing here with the Dakotan. Today I'm joined by the mayor. We did this last month and we get to do it again this month in September. Talk about some of the amazing things that are happening every month in, in Minot and in the surrounding areas. So first off, thank you for coming back on, Mayor. Honestly, it's a pleasure. Appreciate it. So first off, today even you were uh, earlier in Burlington for their their uh, celebration of their flood protection that is coming to a close. They, they were able to get a lot of their stuff done. Um, how did that go? That was really a great um, a, a great ceremony, and we heard some uh, words from Ryan Ackerman, Dave Ashley, uh, about the project and and some history on the project. Okay. And you know, it's it's at, uh, they're completed. Yeah. Flood control in Burlington is completed. That's just and, incredible. And what a message that sends to not only the rest of the families along the Suris River Basin, but it sends a strong message to Bismarck, to our legislature, and it sends a strong message to Washington that says, we're moving forward, and we're right. doing this as a river basin. It's yeah. not the Minot Flood Project, it's the Suris River Flood right. Control Project. Right, that's big. They had a few big things happen, including rebuilding a bridge, I believe. Um, there was some earthen levees that they they put together to control some of the groundwater in an event of flooding and stuff like that. So it sounds like, cause obviously anytime you're doing flood control, that's a big project, but it sounds like uh, it's been a big project for them. And I'm sure they're, they're very excited. Well, they had they, uh, Dave Ashley from the service river joint board talked about some facts and just the amount of uh, the cubic yards, the hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of yards of dirt, uh, the, the amount of rebar used for it. I mean, it's just incredible. The facts, uh, but, you know, you look in that community now, they've got it landscaped. I mean, you know, the grass is growing. It just, it looks like it's a part of their community, and it's great. That's that's one of the amazing parts, even in Mina, is you, as we begin to see things starting to take shape now, it's starting to come together pretty, beautifully. Something where you can actually go and go on a nature walk or go on whatever outing you might have, take a picnic, and be, be in those areas that are protecting you, but you can also just enjoy Minot with them. Um, in Minot, we've had a lot of stuff going with flood protection as well. Um, I think in the 2023, um, it, it looks like this year, through around this time, we've had a lot of money. There was $103 million that was designated for that. That's an estimate um, just for the like the maple diversion and things like that that's supposed to be completing very soon. Give us an update on kind of how you feel the Minot uh, part of the flood pr- control is going. Well, we're going gangbusters. I, um, you know, we, uh, we were down at the... The State Water Topics Commission, and it, we uh, they had a Water Topics Committee. We we gave them an update on uh, the progress that we're making out on the uh, on the east side of town with the flood wall going up. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a uh, could be a hassle for some of the residents out there because of the the traffic uh, interruption out there. Yeah, but substantially, that's gonna that's that's a big phase of that project. And, right. Um, you know, we're moving along very fast on that. You know, it's still, you know, knock on wood, if everything goes right, this entire project, uh, it sounds like it's a long ways out, but we all know how time flies. <laughs> we, we, because of our work and because of the work, the entire basin and the legislators, we're going to be done with flood control, knock on wood, at 2035. And that's big. That is, big. that's huge. Yeah, I mean, it's, it feels like the flood is still recent in some ways, and it's already been over 10 years. And there's all 
obviously some celebrations or memories that happened with that uh, recently in 2021. Um, so that's exciting. Something that kind of just gets kind of under the radar. There's the flood stuff. It just kind of sometimes catches people off guard. Good to get a good update on that. Something that has been going on at the city council in the city council chambers for a few sessions now um, has been the human relations committee or ad hoc committee. Um, and I believe last time we talked, we talked about this a little bit more in depth into the lead up of that. And it was interesting to see how this is going to play out. My first question on this is a little bit maybe different. This was put in place and immediately the committee, they've done a good job. I'm not here to criticize them. They've done a good job, but immediately they go into revising the, the ordinance that's there. Do you feel like that was the intention of the council, that it was a given we needed to reinstate the ordinance, and so let's go and revise it to be applicable to 2023 and beyond? Or was there also, should there also be an oversight of do we need this? And and it may be that we do need it, but but it, is there some consideration that needs to be given to that as well? Well, I, I actually think they're connected because okay. I think the committee, uh, one of the things the committee can come back to is say, yeah, we don't need to make any changes. Right. You know, um, did it need updating? I, you know, I guess I'm from the opinion I don't think it needed mm-hmm. uh, it needed it because you take the combination of what we have in mind it and what the state has and what the federal government has. Right. Uh, they're they're working hand in hand, and, and that's my my opinion on that. Um, but you know, the work of the committee, uh, you know, it's slow. Uh, at times, right. it's it's arduous. Yeah. Uh, at times, it's contentious. But um, you know they're gonna they're gonna get through it. They're gonna have they're they're having very productive debate. I haven't looked at the full last meeting. I think yeah. they're actually meeting tonight. Okay. I think I'm not quite sure, but um, um, but they're gonna get they're gonna get through and they're gonna come back with uh, some type of a recommendation to the city council. Right. So, um, they if, let's go and just consider the ordinance being reinstated because obviously we don't want to go and look over their shoulder and give well, a, let's let's uh, a correction the ordinance always has been yeah that's fair so right what we can do and if you go back to low uh lisa olson's uh original motion is her motion was to keep it as it is right so that's what that's where we stand so it's so we still we still have the ordinance on the books, there's a moratorium on it until I, I believe yeah, the end of the year. End of the year. So. so, so if it gets reinstated and there's actually a committee that begins to get reestablished because that part I think had kind of fell off. The ordinance had been there, but the committee had, had fell off. And so we're not looking at the revisions that this ad hoc committee is putting together. Whatever happens there happens, right? How does that, if it was in place through before this committee started, this ad hoc committee started. How how would that does that affect Minot? Does it affect the businesses in town um, with how they're supposed to handle relations with people? Um, because a lot of this, like you already said, is is governed by the state and the federal. So, what kind of impact does it truly have on the city? You know what I said in one of the last meetings when when it was before the city council is we can't legislate perception, we can't legislate feelings, right. we can't legislate. All I can do is is lead by mm-hmm. example and you know i think uh for the most part i think the community of minot does that it right. does that very well um i yeah i you know they're going to come back with recommendations they're going to yeah. come back with how uh with how what they perceive or what they feel should be 
the committee, and that's something right. that the the city council is going to have to take up and debate. Yeah, for sure. I like adding to that, like what uh, Councilman Padraglia had to say at one of the final discussions on it, and I've mentioned it before. And it's simply, you know, I looked up approval. He looked up the word approval, and he came to the conclusion he can't. When we say approve, you can't force somebody to approve something. Or, or to accept, I think it was accept, and accept has, goes along with approval. You can't force somebody to do that. You can be nice to that person, but I don't have to accept whatever that might be. Um, and I, I think that's a great way of looking at uh, that. Um, something else, and this this is brought, it's always good when this community get in, gets involved. I enjoy it, okay? There, I mean, sometimes it gets maybe a little bit out of hand, um, but but it's a good time when the community actually goes and states their opinion on something because it just shows the 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 power uh, that we've talked about before of that and this time it's on the budget and of course it's ex- extra contentious because of a um, state uh, petition that's going on right now with the end property tax and so it makes it even more contentious this year than I'm sure in past years. Um, but first off. We, we are going to sit down with uh, Council President, uh, Councilman Paul Pittner, and talk about the budget in depth. So we don't need to go into the nitty gritty of the budget. But overall, what? how do you feel like the budget talks are going? I think, it, I think it's gone really well. I think what people, um, you know, they grabbed the, they grabbed the budget book um, and they may just look at the numbers. Right. Uh, but, and, and they think... And I'm, I'm kind of painting with a broad brush here, but there may be a feeling that, you know, they just take a look at those numbers. They don't know the story behind those numbers. And right. there's a, there's a, there's an incredible story behind those numbers. Um, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, you see a, a fund that has, you know, millions of dollars in, in um, carryover. Well, right. what they don't realize is that those funds are already earmarked for a project and basically already spent. Yeah. We haven't spent them yet because it's, you know, whether right. it's supply chain or whether it's something else. So those have to, we have to take that into consideration. Absolutely. And really, and, and, and honestly, I believe the council worked very hard for a several months in putting together a budget that's as responsible as we can get to meet all the needs. Mm-hmm. Now we're taking the public comment and we'll take it. Right. Well, I would rather I would rather have the public come to me than come to employees of the city of Minot because it's really it's really our job right. as council members to make those decisions that are best for the entire 50,000 people of the city of Minot. And you know, so we understand we understand costs are going up. We understand groceries are going up, uh, mm-hmm. fuel costs are going everything's going up and what we what I, I need people to understand is those costs, they don't drop when they get inside the, the front door of City Hall. Right. Those costs go up too. You know, you talk about, um, you talk about employees and you talk about uh, wage increases and, you know, our, the story there is it's cheaper to retain an employee than it is to hire new employees. Absolutely. It's, and everybody across the board will say that. Yep. And, and what... The story is not what what the story needs to be told is that we're also dealing with because a majority of that has to deal with public safety, police right. and fire. Now the police and fire department, as first responders, carry a weight on their shoulders that nobody mm. else has to carry. Absolutely. You know, my son's a firefighter. Okay. And and some of the things that he's seen in his first year as a firefighter are incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and I fear that it's going to somehow catch up to him. 
So anyways, fast forward. So what does that mean when it comes to budget? There's a, there are mental health issues that we have to deal with on the police department right. side and on the fire department side. And that costs money as well. Um, so we've got to get those, we've got to get those processes in place. We've got to retain these good employees. And, right. you know, those are things that maybe we should be more vocal about those during the public hearing, but really we're there, you know, to listen, to, listen to the public. Yeah. Uh, at the most recent uh, city council meeting, a lot of discussion surrounded the employee benefits, um, which is an interesting thing because, because you have the business owner and the audience that states something that affects his business. But then you also have to realize that the city, while it is a government, you guys are also at the core of business. You, 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 you're you there to make sure that your your numbers make sense. There's nobody that's profiting from it. That's obviously different than a business, but your numbers still have to balance. Um, and you have to retain employees. Just because you're at the city doesn't mean that you get to just train employees and let everybody else uh, perhaps use them or whatever. So that creates really interesting things of how you're able to expand your benefits packages, ex- create something that an employee would actually want to stay and work for the city for a long term other than just having a stable job, um, but actually benefit incentivize them and have the taxpayers happy with that. Um, that's a very difficult challenge that you guys are walking right now. Um, do you feel like the benefits are pretty well for the, for the city employees? I think we have a solid benefit package. I, I really do. And, you know, we had the uh, ad hoc committee on benefits. Uh, they did uh, an incredible job of, and they worked hard in, right. in putting some recommendations together. Those recommendations uh, were, you know, some were brought into the budget, some were left out of the budget. And, and really what it comes down to was, um, you know, a majority of the committee voted to go to PTO. Okay. Right. Well, you know, um, I think we ended up with more of a hybrid saying you have that option. You either mm-hmm. take what we have now, go to the PTO. Um, but then every new employee that is brought on goes directly into the PTO right. type of plan. And and I think that's a solid plan. Right. That's um. That's answering uh, or responding to the needs of those uh, employees that have been employees for a long time for the city of Minot. And, right. and, and they're fighting for their benefits that they had. And it was a different time when those benefits were put into place. And, and now we're seeing a change in that. And, and I think, uh, you know, the younger employees that are coming on, the new employees that are coming on, uh, I don't think they have a, as big an issue with um with whether it's sick leave or PTO. I think they're very happy with a PTO type of plan. Yeah. Seems like your guys' benefits packaging seems very solid, something that would be good to work for. Something that comes up during the budget talks, I've mentioned already the, the petition on the state level to end property tax. But on, on that subject, something a statement that comes up, not just on our city council, but abroad, is the concept of local control and not giving up the local control when you get rid of property tax. I think it's an interesting thing. Okay. Um, I want to get your, hear your thoughts on what local control means to, to you, because I think that's something that's very difficult to define. Um, I'll, I'll tell you that I am, I'm not going to comment on that okay. because of, uh, as an elected official, my comments could be construed as either campaigning for or against. Okay. So I will, I will decline from commenting on that. Okay. On, Respectfully. Yes. Decline. Sounds good. Okay, very good. Let's move to the um, facade projects. Downtown Minot, there's been a lot of work that's been gone, gone on um, with the reworking the downtown, making it into a beautiful environment. 
Um, this is something that's been very popular. What's from your guys' perspective, getting this into place, what was kind of the goal of this, um, of this project? Let's start there. Well, if you drive downtown at a, you know, and it's, it's getting better. And, and let me say this, the, you know, the facade improvement program is really changing the look of downtown, uh, changing the facade of downtown, right? getting it more, uh, back to that, uh, maybe that historical feeling that more of, a um, more consistent building to building. I mean, and still keeping a historical difference from building to building. You know, if you go downtown, um, you're going to see a variety of different styles. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to see a a more modern uh, canopy type or a full front glass. And and then you're going to see the full brick. So it's a variety of things. So just bringing some consistency and some of that historical, you know, what we all went downtown for, you know, growing up. Um, so that's, that's what it is. Um, we're, we're trying to get some consistency and some, uh, historical, you know, bring it back to a historical look. Uh, and it has been, uh, successful and it's, it's a one. And you know, it's a, it's a program that's really funded out of sales tax, Okay, you know? So, very good. Um, that's that's not that's not a program that has to be carried on the shoulders of property tax owners. Yeah, sales tax, um, which is good. So, is it something where it needs to be restored to more the historical aspect that it once was, or does it allow for the creative style of whatever business it is that's restoring it? Well, and they work together. They work. Uh, there's a committee or a group that they work with, and I believe Jonathan Rosenthal is part of that, um, where they have to submit the plans. Plans have to be approved, uh, and they go through that process of. You know, and, and, and sometimes I think we had one of our projects that all of a sudden they started to tear into it and they realized uh, there's a little bit more work that needs to be done. So yeah. they had to, uh, you know, because when you rip off these these newer facades, uh, you get to see a lot of scars. Oh, I'm sure. And uh, and so um, so there's we have to have some flexibility there to, uh, to to help these businesses that are, you know, they're still. Uh, asked to invest in part of this as well. Right. It's a forg- forgivable loan, but it's t- to, you said they're still asked to invest. Is it is it a percentage of how much they need to invest? So it, and I, I don't know the exact percentages, yep. but it's uh, the, the overall project, they have to invest so much of that. Yep. Makes sense. Very good. And you said th- the big part, because we're talking on the budget, is this the funding comes from the sales tax. And it's been, re- I, I believe I heard that it's been replenished a couple of times because it's been a successful project. But basically the end goal is just make downtown beautiful again, not any effect to the property tax, just the sales tax that affects citizens and the people that are coming into the area. You look at the energy that we have downtown. You look at yep. the private investment that we have downtown. And, 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 you know, and I think I talked about this the last time we sat down to visit. Yeah, you drive downtown, uh, you drive downtown, on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday night, and it's bustling. Right. It's. I mean, there are people. There are. I mean, it's great. It's. It's fun to see yeah. from somebody who was born and raised, and you know, that was my that was my Dakota Square before Dakota Square was built. <laughs> yeah, was, exactly. was downtown and Main right. Street. So, um, it, it's fun to see that back again because there are studies that show that you know once the heart of your community is strong, it's like the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And all the arteries get stronger working out from the center of town. So right. I, I think we have to we have to continue and keep our gas my, our foot on the pedal when yeah. it comes to downtown. 
Absolutely. I think that's important too. I think uh, getting that back to being that core field. We talked with Justin Anderson, who Minot Area Council of the Arts, um, and obviously they've really pushed, tried to get stuff going in downtown. It's neat to see how those Thursday night uh, events have grown over the years and how popular it looks fun to be a part of. And it creates that environment where you want to be a part of that community. Um, so I think that's very good. I was at the last one, and it just, it, of course, my my favorite uh, local band, uh, you know, Chicago funk okay. band, were down yeah. there on stage, and I absolutely love them. And uh, but they had a crowd, and uh, they, you know, and that sound just goes, just shoots all the way up Main Street, and it's it, yeah. Thursday nights in the summer in Minot. Uh, rival any other place that uh, I'd want Absolutely. And they're only going to get better with, with all the different things that we have coming on. I know we talked about some of that a little bit last time, but it's exciting to see, to see some of that energy uh, continue to grow in Minot. One last deal on the, on the uh, budget. This is something that we've briefly talked on, I believe last time, but I want to talk about it just a little bit more. Um, and that's the, the, the TIF, the tax incentive of things that go on for businesses. Um, basically, my the where I'm coming with it on this is there's a lot of stuff that's done to incentivize or help um, business owners in the investment portion, and and it's interesting because the one line of thought says then the 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 these regular citizens that aren't the business owner they pay they take the brunt of that, and I understand that there's a contrary argument to that from the tax, you know, for this specifically saying, wait a minute, we're not getting any revenue from this. Um, what kind of examples, case studies do you know of, or can we refer to that show the success of this when the TIF is put into place and it's done effectively? Yeah. You know, I can tell you what I've done. Yep. Um, and I reached out to a couple of cities in the state Right. Fargo and West Fargo that have used this, yep. and it's a it's a tool that that was that's a it's an economic tool that's available to us that was uh, created by the state um, or approved by the state to to help us economic development wise and uh, in reaching out to um, uh, officials in Fargo and Grand right. Forks. They say it's working wonderfully, and, okay. and in a couple cases, I could stand corrected, but in a couple cases, because because I wouldn't make this up, yep, uh, some of the tips were paid off early. Okay, so that's to me that's a success story, right? You know, and, that is. You know, we still, you know, when it comes to some of these some of these businesses, okay, uh, the the one that has been using the TIF program, yeah, we can't forget the businesses that have created. Um, that that built so many of these apartments uh, and in multifamily homes and in all right. of these places, we can't forget the investment they made on this community. We what we're doing is we're taking that a step further. We're we're doing a housing study, and I think what's gonna what's gonna show up is that we need more housing in mind. We yeah. need more places to stay when you look forward at the Sentinel project and 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 just right. standard growth coming. I heard a I heard something yesterday that we're around three or four four percent vacancy rate in Minot. Okay. Now, if those numbers are true, uh, that that's a little bit lower than 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 what I'm comfortable with. Okay. I'm not sure, but those were the numbers that I heard uh, right. at a meeting with Bank of North Dakota yesterday. Yep. Um, so um, so now let's fast forward to what what's happening now, and it's an economic tool that's available to us to get, for instance, the Big M building. Right. To get a building. To get it moving forward, to mm-hmm. get it, um, to get a, to get a developer to look at it and say, you know what, if we if we do this, I can do this. Right, and um, it's just another tool to help make mine it 
uh, a destination. You know, uh, we're finding we need to, you know, the median age in Minot right now, I believe, is 35 years old. And so we need to have those types of things in our community that's going to attract those, that younger demographic. Right. Very good. Great explanation on that. Let's move to something a little more fun. Let's get off this budget. Okay. You, just recently you were in Washington, D.C. with Task Force 21, correct? Yes. All right. Tell us a little bit about Task Force 21 and what you guys were doing in D.C. You know, every year, uh, Task Force 21, it's a, it's a committee uh, underneath the umbrella of the Monet Chamber of Commerce. Right. And they're tasked with, uh, with securing the mission of the Monet Air Force Base. Okay. And one of the things, well, we've been doing it now, I think this year was our 12th year, where we sponsor a nuclear triad symposium. Minot has positioned itself, and, and the Minot Air Force Base has positioned itself as the only base, the only military base that has two of the three legs of the nuclear right. triad. The triad. Okay? Yes. The only thing we're missing is a nuclear submarine. Okay. You know, <laughs> that's going to be hard and, to get. You know, Lake that's, Sacagawea? You know, Lake Sacagawea, possibly. But but looking at that, so so it's our job. And, and the neat thing, too, about Minot Air Force Base is that when you have a 5th Bomb Wing Commander or a 91st Missile Wing Commander, when they're in Minot as a commander, you can almost, almost count that they are going to be a general. Okay. Making those decisions about Minot. So why not put our efforts in creating those relationships, continuing those relationships, so when they get to the Pentagon or they get to those policy-making positions, that, they're, that, that they know the importance of Minot. And I can guarantee you this, that the Minot Air Force officer, the alumni, yeah. I was there and we heard from, uh, we heard from uh, General Boussier. He's the commander of the uh, uh, Strategic Air Defense. He's, he's yep. a four-star. Okay. And he talked, uh, he was the first speaker in the morning. And his words, and I'll paraphrase or try right. to get as, as accurate as I can, but he said, Minot Air Force Base is the center of gravity when it comes to nuclear deterrence worldwide. That's incredible. The center of gravity. Right. He said, where Minot Air Force Base goes, the Air Force goes. And where Minot Air Force Base goes, the world goes. Wow. That's how important Minot Air Force Base is. Strong, strong. And, and so we had, uh, we had a variety of speakers. We had some speakers from think tanks. We had experts on uh, China nuclear uh, armament. We had uh, experts in, in worldwide, what's going on worldwide. And it is. It's, um, it's concerning. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the numbers that we're hearing and, and all of this information, none of it's classified. They, right. they talk about that. So the U.S. has 450 uh, nuclear missiles okay. between Minot Air Force Base, Great Falls, and F.E. Warren. Okay. Uh, by, there are some estimates by 2035 or by 2030 that China is going to have 1,500. Wow. Triple. You know, so, and, and then, you know, what's happening with Russia, what's happening with South Korea, what's happening with Iran. So all of that really is the, um, tells us and tells the Air Force and tells policymakers in Washington, D.C. that we have to continue to move forward with updating the B-52s. We need to move forward with the Sentinel project, redoing all 450 missile silos and right. putting new weapons uh, in those silos. So at the end of the day, that helps generate more traffic and might not in the surrounding areas a little bit. Well, and it, and really it comes down to, uh, you know, um, 
on an annual basis. We the impact the Monon Air Force Base has on this community is five hundred and fifty million dollars. Right. You know, and, and those are those are strong numbers. But if you look at, I mean, what what would the state do if they lost five hundred and fifty million dollars in yeah. impact? Right. So that's, that's and that's also the mission of task force is to make sure we get that story out. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Very interesting. Uh, I'm sure going to Washington D.C. in its own is a little bit interesting. Just it's a different world. Well, you know, it is. I mean, and it's the the first couple times you know since I've been mayor that I've I've gotten to go. Uh, you do a lot of walking, and uh, you know we had we also had the opportunity to sit down uh, and have some face to face meetings with our congressional delegation. That's awesome, which is always fun, always right. uh, in, enjoyable, and uh, just to kind of see the you know the the big political machine that is Washington, D.C. is yeah, something else. Right. Uh, there's that airplane that went missing. Uh, they're on the East Coast uh, from one of the bases over there. Hopefully hopefully that didn't go down anywhere near where you guys were at. Yeah, you guys were at. I, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, I can tell you it didn't. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I forget where it went down, but they finally found it, which was a good thing. Yes. Uh, it's a bad deal. Um, there's a project that we've written an article on here at the Dakotan um, that you've been doing a bunch of publicity on, which is, is fantastic. It's home for the holidays. Uh, you guys are giving away a Harley or something crazy like that? Yeah, actually, last Friday, uh, I did a, uh, a Teams meeting. I stepped out of the symposium for a little bit so I can kind of MC the, the, the drawing. We actually had the drawing had last the drawing. Friday at City Hall, and I know City Hall is young, but we we broke new ground and actually had a Harley Davidson in City Hall wow. on Friday, so that was there. You cool. go, yeah. um, but you know, once again, just to kind of touch on the you know the the whys of this project is Minot Air Force Base is home to the largest population of first year airmen in the in the entire Air Force. It's incredible. So imagine you know you graduate from high school in Georgia or Texas and you go to basic training and then the first stop is Minot, North Dakota, right? And then you get to experience probably your first snow. Right. Probably your first, you know, 30 days of, you know, 20 below or better. And, and the mindset of some of these young men that are joining, sorry to interrupt, but is, is that they're going to explore the world, travel the world, figure out everything. That, and you go to Minot and that's, that's. Yeah. And that's, you know, that kind of, kind of lands on us to, you know, let them know that, you know, Minot's not, Minot's not, uh, it's not a vacation hotspot. Right. You know, so what can we do? Okay, right. What can we do? Uh, we can show them. And, and it really, I think, uh, the testimony is, you know, mine is the last place you want to go yeah. until you get there. Right. We have a, a unbelievably high uh, percentage or a high population of retired uh, airmen and retired yeah. officers in the Air Force living in Minot. That speaks a lot. And it then does. when you have the officers, you have the, uh, the the colonels that are in Minot are now generals, and they start talking about Minot and talking about the important mission. They're talking to future airmen. They're talking to future officers and saying, you know, leadership goes through Minot Air Force Base. Right. So those are all so those are all good things. Let's get back to this Harley because it was yeah. such a fun project to work on. Uh I got together with uh, the Magic City Beverage family, right. and, and they got together with Anheuser-Busch. We, I, I pitched them my idea of uh, raffling off a Harley-Davidson, and every single penny raised goes to buy a ticket for an airman to go home for the holidays. Every wow. single penny raised. Wow. There's, there's no overhead. So, yeah. so the neat thing about it was that um, they – they went, this purchase of this Harley-Davidson had to go to the CEO of Anheuser-Busch. Wow. 
And he heard what Minot was doing. Mm-hmm. He signed off on it. Then he signed off on 15 more Harleys for the other regions nationally for Anheuser-Busch. That's Told incredible. Him, this is what Minot's doing. Right. Do what you want, but this is how Minot's doing it. Yeah. So, you know, that's pretty that's cool neat. to hear that. So we get this Harley-Davidson. We had a local business, uh, local business, you know, uh, yep. do a little wrap on it. And we took it out everywhere we could to sell tickets. We, we I, I mean, I... I, I mean, I purchased a book myself. I, you know, yeah. we sold, sold, sold. But then we had some other uh, charitable organizations step up and say, we want to help. How can we help? And, you know, whether it's uh, uh, Beulah Convention and Visitors Bureau, the National Wildlife Federation, yeah. um, Mina Junior Golf, the Aggie Foundation. I mean, those those places stood up and, and they said, we want to be a part of this. We want to help get airmen home for the holidays. And um, we're going to do it. So uh, we gave away, we, we drew the winner, Dave Knutson uh, of Minot. Um, Very good. Small, small world. His wife is a teacher and my son's a paraprofessional in okay. public school for, for him. So yeah. um, he won it and he was extremely grateful for I'm it. Sure. He's pretty excited to get it. And then uh, the next step in the process is uh, Military Day at the Host Fest. And that is the last Saturday, September 30th. So I believe uh, they have some great deals for the military people. And okay. before the Brothers Osborne concert, we're going to present the Harley, have Dave up on stage uh, to take some pictures with his Harley. And then we're also going to present the check of uh, 100% of the proceeds. Uh, we're going to present that to uh, some airmen and to the leadership so of the Minot Air Force Base. That's so neat. Yeah. And so w- 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 a round figure, maybe you don't have it off the top of your head, how, how many people are going to be able to get sit home to the hospital? Home for the holidays, just a range. Yeah, we're you know we're we're working on some deals. Uh, we're yeah. working with some other partners to see if we can you know stretch those dollars out yeah. even more. Um, and it I might would be like too to early to say. So it, too early to say. Um, you know, uh, I'm hoping we're right around that uh, with everything that we've raised. Uh, yeah. I know there have been some other types of fundraisers out there. So right. when you when you put it all into the same bucket, I I've just got a feeling that we're going to be around that $100,000 mark. Yeah, and that's pretty awesome. good. So, you know, if you round it off, you know, I mean, that could be, you know, that could be a uh, hundred or more. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's, that's so neat. Yeah. So you mentioned the, the concert that's going to be happening. That's going to be happening at the Who's Fest. Um, and that's coming up uh, the end of this month um, real fast. Um, what, what kind of impact does that have on mine? We got two big things that happen every year. State fair, well, we got a lot of big things happen, but we're talking about state or, in this case, global. Um, the, the state fair in the North Dakota or in the Hoos Fest. Um, we see people come from worldwide, right, to this thing. There, it, it increases our population by a few thousand people when this happens. Uh, back in the day, and I don't know what the case is now, and you probably can speak to it, people would go and vacation, locals would go on vacation or leave their house and rent out their homes before Airbnb was actually a thing. Um, a lot of, it's a crazy thing that happens in this city. Um, so what kind of impact does it really have on the city? You know, you, you talk about that when they, they go on vacation and rent out, but there were a lot of families that stayed here. And, and made friends, international friends. I, you know, uh, the late Bureau Holland, you know, he would stay with a family okay. uh, in Minot. Uh, you know, Charlie Pride was a frequent visitor to the Host Fest. He wouldn't stay in a hotel. He would stay with a family. That's so neat. You know, and that is, right. that's the unique, that's that's one of those unique things that the, the Host Fest has. And, and you know, the Host Fest... Um, 
its backbone is on volunteers. Right. Uh, they need volunteers to make it happen. And that's, um, you know, I think, um, you know, post-COVID, you know, they've had some issues with trying to get some yeah, volunteers. It's and it's, uh, we're trying to get it back up. We're trying to get it to those levels to where uh, the volunteers start start enjoying that again. You know, I can say this, and I said this last year at the opening ceremonies of the Host Fest, mine it needs the North Coast Fest. North Dakota needs the right. North Coast Fest. It's one of those bridges back to uh, back to uh, where we came from. And I couldn't be even more evident. I mean, it really kind of was brought home to me when we had our sister city visit, when we went okay. to Shane, Norway. Yes. And we got to see, uh, see some of those uh, uh, childhood homes of some of these people who, you know, Sandra Norheim, you know, who was okay. uh, buried out in the Denby area. You know, Interesting. We, we trekked up to his his the home that he was born in. That's crazy. And and just to see that, I mean, the home was smaller than the studio, honestly. Wow. And there were five kids, two adults, wow. and you know, so. Um, but but to see that and to have those traditions and those the cultures a- have all of that carried through, we need to keep right. that. And the host fest is going to do that. Yeah, heritage is something so easy to lose. Heritage is a, yeah, heritage is a good word. Yeah. Um. What's your favorite food to have at the Who's Fest? It's not Ludafest. It's not Ludafest. It's not Ludafest. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I was I was in broadcasting for, you know, 10 or 12 years in yeah. Minot. And um, that was something, being born and raised in Minot and going to as many Who's Fest as I've been to, I have not yet tried. I've uh, I've been able to escape Good job. that, uh, that uh, I guess I call it fish jello, but <laughs> yeah. I, I've been able to uh, escape that. So knock on wood and hopefully this year I'll get another year under my belt. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish you the best of luck there. <laughs> <laughs> I married into a family that, that um, they, they have heritage in this, you know, and they, they make some ludicrous every once in a while. I try to stay away from those events myself. Now, Lefsa, all about oh, the Lefsa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're there I, for that. I think this broadcast probably may have, I may have just put the Ludafist target on my back. So <laughs> Good we'll luck. Have to, we'll have to do a follow-up afterwards. Yeah, we will. We will. I mean, if you want, we can live stream it ourselves. We can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. All right. Well, I look forward to the to the Who's Fest starting next, next week, September 27th. Um, going through the end of the week, it's going to be a good time. Um, we're closing here. Anything, last things you want to add? Boy, we covered a lot tonight, did. And, and I look forward to the next time because Absolutely. this is this is one of those things that I look forward to, and that's uh, that's all about um, getting as many eyes and many opinions and, and many voices a part of uh, what the future holds for mine. Absolutely. Well, appreciate you coming on, Mayor. Uh, thank you for watching this episode of Minot Matters here on the Dakota and sponsored by Shock Safe and Lock. Be sure to like this video, subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, follow us on Facebook. Go to mydakotan.com. Check out what's going on. Just be a part of the the community that we have going on over here. Uh, But for now, thank you for watching this and good day.